What episode is this? 23. Okay. <laughs> 23. 23. Welcome back, guys, for episode 23. And for the Frenchies out there, 23. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, we've missed you guys. Yes, and we have. I have a crazy story to talk about today, and I'm super excited. But yeah, let's touch base like we always do. How's everyone's week? Mine was okay. <laughs> How's yours, Chantal? It was good. It's, yeah. uh, yeah. It was weird not recording last week. It was. Having a gap, a week gap. It didn't feel, was, it didn't feel right. No, it didn't. No. It was very strange. And I felt bad for our listeners, too. Yeah. It was like, you guys went a week, no new episodes. We're sorry, guys. Oh, Life. and we, I did post it on our social media, but... Uh, oh, thank you. Not about us missing the week. I forgot to do that, but I, oh. I posted about us changing the day that we're going to be... Oh, yeah, yeah. That, dropping yeah. that, yeah. So right. we were trying to do it for Mondays. I mean, we were, but with our schedules, it just wasn't working out. So we are releasing our episodes on Wednesdays now, and I think that's just going to give us a lot more time between, well, you kids and work, me, work... And it's just, it's just too much. Yeah, it, it really was. It was so hard to try and cram yeah. everything in and writing and stuff in between and mm -hmm. editing our stories like before we even do this, yeah. before we even record. And yeah, having everything released by Monday, it was so much. It, it was a lot. Uh -huh. And I wanted to have it so that it was released first thing Monday morning. And sometimes it was in the afternoon, <laughs> sometimes that evening. So... This way, it'll just be better for both of us, I think. So Wednesday yeah. it is, and that's okay. One of the podcasts I listen to, one of the murder podcasts I listen to, they do Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And both the women have full-time jobs and then do this. So Nice. So, yeah, that's why I thought, oh, well, they do it. I look forward to the Wednesday. It doesn't have to be everything on Monday. For sure. So Wednesday, guys. So, yeah, we got snow, and it stuck around, which is weird. Very strange for the first snowfall to not yeah. go away. Yeah. Normally, we don't get like heavy, heavy snow until, yeah, okay, later November, maybe. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get anything in November. You might get it in December, but it stuck around. Normally the first snowfall is gone by later that day or the next day, mm -hmm. but this one, uh-uh. And it was an ice rink everywhere. Oh, because bad. So bad. Yeah, because it would rain in between and then uh, start melting and then mm -hmm. it all froze. So winter tires are not. You were fucking sliding all over the place. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you have on on your vehicle. Nope. And the city, I, uh, Tisk Tisk, City of Kelowna and City of West Kelowna, you guys, well, again, it's their contractors, but I don't think they were prepared. That's the thing. They weren't prepared to have the snow as early as they did, but some of the roads were horrible. Cars were literally sliding all over the place and they couldn't keep up. But then, yeah, you had uh, uh, another uh, issue with your vehicle. What is it with me and tires, man? <laughs> me and fucking tires. They're they're my kryptonite. I think so. Yeah. The tires are my kryptonite. So it's kind of funny because you would think that with where I live in the mountains that we would want to get our tires on. Well, we do want to, but that yeah. we would actually get our tires on immediately, like mm -hmm. before everybody else even, if you will. Yeah. Which would make total sense, and I agree with that. But... The rubber on winter tires is so soft, and we live off-grid in the mountains, up a dirt road with jagged rocks, and it takes nothing to pop those tires. Mm -hmm. And I know this because I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> I popped three out of four of my old winter tires that were actually still quite good. That's horrible. And uh, yeah, it totally fucking blows. 
So we literally have to wait until the last minute to put our winter tires on. Mm -hmm. Granted, I hadn't gotten mine right away. And then the snow hit and it hit everyone, like hit us so hard. Yeah. And I I thought, I have some time. (laughs) And that's always what everyone says, right? I have some time because I needed to get new winter tires because mine were popped. Yeah. Well, Mother Nature shat on that. Big time. (laughs) (laughs) Cocaine everywhere. Yep. Yep. The reason I said that, have you ever seen the shirt of a cat with in the snow and the look on its face? And yeah. It says cocaine everywhere. Yeah, I've seen it. I love that shirt. It's so funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I follow this page on Facebook called Cats on Cocaine. And it's cat memes and stuff. It's okay. It's absolutely hysterical. Huh. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> you have to look it up and follow them. It's so funny. Anybody, shout out to Cats on Cocaine on Facebook. <laughs> They're so funny. I'll have to follow, follow them. Follow them. Seriously, yes, follow them. They're so great. Awesome. Yeah, and I love that shirt. That cat just looks like, where the hell am I? <laughs> Anyways, I got my tires light. Tisk tisk. Yes, I know. Trust me, it's not. It was not a preferable decision for me, but it is what it is. And I tried my best in the circumstances I was in. And so I found a really great pair of tires that were secondhand, but they have like they looked like they were virtually brand new. You need to start. You need to go back to the beginning. Why? your work vehicle and then getting oh shit (laughs) yes i forgot about that thank you where it all started totally i completely forgot about that yeah so oh my god it's just like everything i touch with vehicles there's gonna be tire problems that come along with it i swear to god so i had our work vehicle and it didn't have any winter tires on it but it was supposed to i had made an appointment at the beginning of october to have the winter tires put on it for November 1st. Mm -hmm. And then that got all fucked up and it never happened. And then not this last Thursday, but the Thursday before I had to come out to West Bank to work. Like I do every Thursday. I work out here from 12 to five and I took the work vehicle with me, started snowing when I was at our location And then by the time I got out, which was quite late with my coworkers, it was like, I think six Mm -hmm. by the time we finally got out of there, it was a fucking blizzard. Yep. White out blizzard. Mother nature is pissed. Yep. Like, that's what it was like. You, you know, like damn near couldn't see your hand like a few feet in front of your face. So I drive to Diana's house. Because she had Cecily. She'd picked up Cecily for me from her friend's house. So I went to go pick up Cecily and all that, and I had to bring some stuff to a friend on the west side as well. And then by the time I was, like, going to get going or thinking of getting going with Cecily, the snow was so bad that even if I could have left Diana's house, like, even if I physically could have driven out of her driveway, it wasn't safe for me to drive. No. Because the roads were completely covered in snow. The conditions were so bad. And I thought, I have a company vehicle that is worth thousands upon thousands thousands of dollars yeah it's brand new brand new it's a 2022 vehicle Mm -hmm. right it's worth a fucking fortune and it's not mine yeah (laughs) summer tires and i had to drive down several very steep hills like the thought of driving down bear creek road yeah i don't fucking think so no it's that terrified me yeah yeah because it's it's not steep it's steep but then there's so many like turns yeah it's it's not totally no it's super yeah windy and stuff yeah so i was like uh no gracias (laughs) So, Cecily and I decided to stay the night, 
and she missed school the next day because we basically got snowed in. Yep. And uh, then I ended up missing work the next day, which royally fucking sucked because I was ready to go for grow to work for like 6.45. I was mm-hmm. ready to leave. And I was just waiting for the snow to melt. I was so anxious and being so impatient because it wasn't melting. Yep. It would not go away, nope. which like Diana said is so unusual for a first snowfall here. It's it's typically like, oh, the first snowfall, nobody's really worried. I mean, unless they're driving and they're unprepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, other than that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it'll be gone by the next day, afternoon at the latest. The sun, you know, once it warms up and everything, the snow's going to be yeah. gone. No, not, not this year. It has stayed. It's still here. It's still here. Two weeks ago and it's still fucking here. Yeah, it's finally, like, you can see parts of the driveway yeah. now. So it is melting, but it's sticking around because it's cold and it's usually not this cold either. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's quite, it got cold. Fast. Really, really quick. Yeah, it was, like, hot and then cold. A switch went off. It was weird, yeah, because we had an Indian summer, too. Mm-hmm. So it was very strange to go from a hot fucking Indian summer to just blam snow. Yeah, and cold. And cold. Well, and, that, and again, that's why the snow's sticking around. Yeah, totally. It's too cold for it to fucking melt. Yeah, it's too cold for it to fuck <laughs> off. Yeah, we got snowed in. Um, I ended up not being able to go to work at all the next day and was stuck with the work vehicle at Diana's house. I did manage to get a few things done from her house for work, which was nice, but it was very stressful not going to work. And it was very stressful having the work vehicle with me that could not move. And eventually, what was it, the the following day? So... Friday? Or Yeah. No, was it? Yeah, was it? It no. was Friday. Was that? I'm pretty sure it was Friday. What day did my coworkers come and get it? Was that Friday? Sa- oh, was it Friday? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was Saturday that they came. No. Nope. Okay. So, yeah, my coworkers came and grabbed it on Friday. And I was absolutely terrified that that thing was going to slide down the driveway. And hit the rocks or something? Oh, man. I've watched vehicles do it. Mm-hmm. I've watched vehicles do it. So over the almost 11 years I've been here. Mm-hmm. And people think I'm joking, but no. People get stuck down in my driveway. Mm-hmm. I, I watched them get out because I was inside. I, I was so anxious. I didn't want to be outside. So I watched from the inside and I saw him spinning out and the car sliding to the side. But he managed to get out. But it was like, dude... Uh, no thanks <laughs> it was sketchy yeah it was very touch and go but he managed to get it out mm-hmm. and so that was that and then i had my truck to deal with so we ended up going down to penticton in diana's truck to pick up my winter tires that i found and they were on rims i got them for a really good deal they're really nice tires they had a lot of tread left when we got to the canadian tire in penticton to pick them up from the guy because we met there a snowstorm hit Penticton. Yeah. And it was like a whiteout fucking blizzard again. Yeah. See, I just bring all the tire problems and all the bad weather with me. <laughs> Everywhere I go. Yeah, because you were contemplating going, like, yeah. picking up your truck and going. And it was like, mm, it's nice now, but... Yeah, exactly. It might not be later. So, yeah, it was right? a good thing I, I drove because... It, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It would have been... I would have been so fucking scared. Oh, yeah, and that's another thing. My truck was trapped... At, not trapped, but I meant stranded at the office in <laughs> Rutland. It was trapped. And so I didn't have my truck for several days. And yeah, I was going to drive down to Penticton to get my tires myself. And then I was just like, you know what? No, because if the snow hits, yeah. I'm fucked. You're fucked. Yeah, I'm fucked. You have summer tires on. Bald summer tires. Bald, even worse. Yeah. <clears throat> just, yeah, just to add insult to injury, they were bald summer tires. So I'm very glad that I didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we took your truck. Yep. And yeah, f- 
crazy ass snowstorm hit when we got there, but it was still like a fun drive and everything. It was, oh, it's a beautiful drive. It is a beautiful going down drive there. to Penticton. And it was blue skies. Yeah, it was beautiful. Blue skies, sun was out. It was a beautiful drive. We get there and blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so fucked. <laughs> yeah, it really was. So then we get back to Diana's and I'm so excited to put these tires on. Jack my truck up, pulled two of my tires off, went to put one on, and everything fit. Like, it was the right tire size, it was the right rim size, everything. But, and I knew this going into it, but I was hoping that it wasn't going to be a problem. There's something on rims that's called the center core, and it's the diameter of the holes that the bolts go through. And you have to measure those, and a lot of people don't know this. You have to measure them to make sure that the diameter works on them. And I, again, I knew this, but my truck wasn't with me, so I couldn't measure anything. Yeah. So I was just going on a fucking lick and a promise and a hope and a prayer that these tires were going to work and that that wasn't going to be an issue. Well, sure as fucking shit, it was an issue. <laughs> Trust my luck. So yeah, put, go to put the tires on and the diameter's off and I couldn't get it over the bolt. So I'm like, fuck! So disappointed, so aggravated at this point, and I'm snowed into Diana's. I can't go home because that's another thing. I couldn't, there's no way I could get my truck up our mountain. Nope. I was in bald summer tires. There's no way I was going to get up our mountain. No. Not a fucking chance. Like, even if you got out of this driveway, yeah. How would you get home? How would I get home? Exactly. <laughs> like, I would not be able to get home. I'd have to keep my truck parked at the bottom. Yeah, so I just stayed at Diana's, and Cecily ended up going with Jamie at, at some point, but... I just went from Diana's to work and she was driving me to work for a few days. And so then I had to, when I realized that those tires weren't going to fit on my truck, I had to make a decision of, well, like I have to get these switched on to my other rims because mm -hmm. I have two other sets of rims. So I have no shortage of those. So I was like, okay, well, I just have to get them switched over and then it'll be fine. But everywhere is booked into December. And then the only two places that would do drop-in appointments, you had to get in line at 4 o'clock in the morning, which is fine and dandy, whatever. I'm an early riser anyways, but I have to go to work. And even if I'm at line at 4 o'clock in the morning, they don't open up until, what, like 8? That's yeah. when I start work. Yeah. Right? And I hate missing work. So it's like, for fuck's sakes, just damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I was asking everyone, mobile mechanics, I exhausted all options. And then all else failed. I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a hold of my old high school because they have a mechanics department. And I used to do that when I was in the mechanics in high school. Mm -hmm. So, and I, they'd done it for me before in the past as an adult. I had taken different tires in and they did it for me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, fuck it. I'll get a hold of. So I did talk to the mechanics teacher and he got me in on last Wednesday. Yeah. And so Diana drove me to work Monday to Wednesday. On, on Tuesday, we brought in one set of my tires, my old winter tires, and drop them off in front of the gate. And then the next day, on Wednesday, I brought in my new winter tires and left them in front of the gate. Yeah. And then they were done by Wednesday afternoon, and it all worked out rather seamlessly. Like, it, it, once I had it all organized, it worked out fucking fantastic. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and I'm so grateful for all the rides you gave me. And then my stepdad picked me up from work on Wednesday and drove me to... And then I went and paid him. He only charged me 10 bucks a tire. Which is nothing. <laughs> which is nothing. 40 bucks. Like, yeah. fuck, come on. Yep. It's like 90 to 100 to get it done at a different, sh at a shop. Yep. So I was like, absolutely no problem. And then the money is going towards stuff for the students. Like, yeah. Uh, tools and stuff. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll support that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So it all worked out really well. They switched the tires over for me when I got my tires. 
everything was super nostalgic going through my old high school again that was fun and then going into the mechanics department again was super fun different teacher now than the one i had the teacher i had left mm-hmm. and he went to a different school but it was really nice to meet the new teacher he was very nice yeah he seemed awesome yeah he was really nice uh the students did a great job with my tires i highly recommend it people Definitely look into high schools that have mechanics departments. They're not dumb kids who aren't doing a good job. And mm-hmm. You may end up getting a tire where the bead's not completely on the rim. Like, no, they're being supervised. Yeah. And from my experience with high school students who are in mechanics, they're there because they want to be. Yeah. They're there because they care. Yep. And they want to learn mechanics. And so that says something. So I fully trust taking my tires to a mechanic shop at a high school. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a problem. And I've had no problems with the tires since I've gotten them back. No. Yeah, so as soon as, when Diana picked me and my tires up, and then we went back to her house, this was last Wednesday, Mm -hmm. I put them on my truck immediately, got home, put my coveralls on, went out, put them on, no problems, everything just went, it went so, so smooth. Yeah. And I got everything done, and then I took my truck out for a drive, wanted to see how they handle, and the tires handle great, they're they're awesome tires, I really like them. They're amazing. Yeah, they're really nice. You got a really good deal. I know, 450 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, and then the rims, the rims are new. You can sell those yeah. and make money off of them. Yeah, I'm, I thank you for reminding me. I need to put them up. Yeah, I haven't put them up yet, but I'm going to. So yeah, I'm getting money back. I'll get part of my money's worth yeah. back from them. Yeah. So after that, I uh, when I took my truck out for a drive, I went out and visited some old friends too that I haven't seen in a very long time. So it was really cool to pop in, and mm-hmm. I actually stayed there for a long time. I didn't leave until, like, just after 10. Yeah, I know. I it was, was ridiculous. Because you said you were going for a in ride. In a good way, but... Yeah, I know. You said you were going for a ride, so I, I thought you would be back soonish. And then I was like, I texted you, I'm like, dude, I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm falling asleep. So yeah, by the time you got home, I was passed out. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were you were done. I was done. Yeah, for sure. But it was nice. I really enjoyed being out, too. I love driving around by myself. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to just be out. And I was enjoying the, the peace and tranquility. Yeah, it was great seeing them and catching up. It was the one of the highlights of my week. Yeah. So... Well, I know, like, you basically didn't drive for almost a whole week. Pretty much. And I remember, I remember asking you, how did it feel to get back in your truck and drive? It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I don't know how I would, I would feel if I couldn't. So yeah, not being able. So you were here for almost a week. Yeah, just shy. <laughs> I left on the seventh day. Yeah, because I did. yeah I left last Thursday. I went to work yep. from Diana's, and then I went worked in town and then went to West Bank like I always do on Thursdays. And then when I was done, I came back here and packed up my shit and took off. Yep. Finally went home. <laughs> Yeah. That was a fiasco. Anyways, I feel like I've been talking forever. You it's okay. go. I don't know. It was just an inch. It was just an, an interesting week, I suppose. I'm one of those people that get my tires on very early, and I had to go to Vancouver to do a show, like a conference type thing. In I'm just trying to remember what day it was. It was in October. Yeah, it was like the last second last week of October, I think, something like that. Anyway, and the highway that that we take to go to Vancouver, even though it's like hot down here, it could be snowing up there. Oh yeah, the Coquihalla is so unpredictable. It's so unpredictable. So I made sure I had my tires on for that trip, but I usually have them on before the 1st of October anyway, every Mm -hmm. year. I usually have them on really early because I know, I know when that first snowfall hits, everyone's panicking Mm -hmm. like they were because when you were calling around, they were saying what, three weeks? (laughs) Yeah, they were booking into December 1st. Yeah, so I, I always have mine early. I have run into that issue once where I didn't, I waited, and then I couldn't get 
in anywhere. Lesson learned, never doing mm-hmm. that again. Right. I was even trying to sweet talk mechanics. I'm like, you don't even need to put them on my trap for yeah. me. I can do that. Just switch them over for me. Yeah. And balance them and put, I was like, you don't even have to fulfill, fully inflate them. Yeah. Just put enough air in them so I can get to a gas station and I'll do the rest. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to make this as fucking easy as possible for you. Yep. Please help me. I am in dire straits. Yep. But... When I lived in the city, I always had my tires on early, too. I never faced the whole, oh, I'm fucking scrambling. Never. I was always prepared. But now living in the woods... It's different. Yeah, Yeah. it's different. But it seems so counterproductive Mm -hmm. to put them on late. Because you'd want them on early, right? Living Mm -hmm. in the woods. But it's me against the dirt road and all the fucking rocks. Yeah. I'm surprised I haven't popped a tire going up I'm surprised you haven't either. I'm very happy I haven't. Because that would fucking suck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, no, I've been pretty lucky i guess i don't know yeah you have i've split three tires jesus that's horrible it sucks man it fucking sucks i'm laughing but i know i'm not i know laughing you know, know what i mean asshole <laughs> just kidding i'm a total asshole that's gay dick yeah so that was that i don't really have anything else uh, like anything really that i want to say except for my boy's turning 23 in two days old fart what the fuck i have a 23 year old son <laughs> Every time I say that, I'm like, it just makes me feel old because I don't feel like I should have a 23-year-old son. Right? Like, what? I know. I can't imagine my kid's 23. It's weird. Can't imagine it. Yeah. Like, holy cow. So, yeah, Josh is going to be 23 in a few days. That's pretty pretty exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I meant to tell you, I never told you, speaking of Josh. What? When I came home, I say home because this is yeah. my home. Yeah. I always say that. Totally. When I came home on Thursday after work to come and pack up my shit, mm-hmm. I was backing on the driveway and I noticed this cab at the top and it was kind of catching my attention, but I was trying to focus watching in my mirrors looking behind me. Yeah. And then I see Josh out the window and he's like waving at me and then he's like this out the window. And he's <laughs> like, fuck you. And I flip him off back in the, about my window, flipping him off. <laughs> I yeah. had to tell you about that and I forgot. Uh, well, it sounds like something he would do and you. Yeah. I mean, I do it, we, Josh and I do it to each other all the time. Right? We flip I, each we, other off. We do it to each other all the all time. All the time. <laughs> oh, it was like you and him outside oh. of my work. Yeah, so one day. Uh, so funny. I had to, well, one of the days I had to pick up Chantal from work. Josh was done a little early, so I picked him up first. Oh, man, I was so tired of driving that day because I, I had to go all the way yeah, into the opposite direction to pick yeah. him up. Then go past my house again, go to pick you up. And then, yeah, I was, I was, you could tell I was exhausted that day, but we got to her work and she's getting out of the company vehicle. I think it was, or you're doing something in the company vehicle. I was was doing something in the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. So I opened my door and I stand out above my truck and I yelled at her and I was like, Hey, you were saying, she's like, what the fuck? And I didn't have my glasses on. So she figure. couldn't tell. And then she realized it was me and Josh was inside the truck flipping her off. <laughs> yeah. And I was so confused because I didn't recognize either of them at first. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was like, what? What is going on? What did I do to warrant this kind of abuse? Like, <laughs> I see one woman yelling at me and then there's this long haired guy in the front and he's flipping me off through the window. And then I realized it was Diana and Josh. And then we all just like howled. Yep. It was so funny. Good times, good times. Yes. <laughs> I did enjoy staying with you for a week. I mean, it's not my first time. No. Obviously. No, no. Oh, my God. You've stayed here, like, longer than that. Like, I used to live with you. Oh, well, and that, and obviously. That. <laughs> yeah. But... No, yeah. I've stayed here for several weeks at a time before. But... Yeah. 
Yeah, and then uh, Mouse has joined me for it, and yeah, Chipmunk will when she's older. Oh yeah, totally. Not right now. Well, Mouse, she's at a an age now where she can generally do her own thing. She knows yeah. how to control the TV. She's got her switch, like whatever. Yeah, and she loves being here. Oh, she loves it. Yeah, yeah, so she loves being here. She's always sad and upset when she has to leave. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, that's. I mean, that's it for me. I don't really have anything else I want to say. Oh, one last thing. Who are we going to go see in December? Oh, right. Mercules. Mercules. Forgot about that. That's exciting. It is exciting. Diana and I and my very good friend, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're going to go, go see him. So exciting. It's Three concerts this year for me. Yeah. Oh. Three! What was the other one? Oh, duh. Molly Never Crew mind. Tech, right? No. I was, Come yes, on, this Diana. No, I, keep up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the old brain. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, the only shitty thing about this concert, it's on a Wednesday I night. I know, how fucking stupid is that? It's so dumb. On a Wednesday? Yeah. So Thursdays are usually like a busy work day for me, but I'm definitely going to block off at least the morning part mm-hmm. because there's no fucking way in hell I'm going to want to get up early to go to work. I mean, all the way down the stairs into my office. <laughs> yeah, you poor thing. <laughs> but it's I'm dealing with clients and I want to make sure I'm clear headed. No, totally. So yeah, I'll definitely book off the morning part anyway. We'll see. Yeah. I might be totally fine and and work, but at least I'll have the time blocked off. Yeah, for sure. Just in case. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Just in case. But yeah, so that should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a riot. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. All these concerts. I know, right? exciting. It is. This is the most... These, Yeah, like this year was the most times I've ever been to concerts. I feel like I worded that really weird, but I can't get it out properly. It's okay. It's never 11. I've never been to as many concerts as I have this year. There we go. Nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like calculating in my head. Yeah, it sounded better. (laughs) Yeah, it sounded better. Way better. So we're going to get into our stories. I don't remember who went first last time. You did. Okay, so it's your turn then. Or wait a minute. I don't remember. Oh, you went. Jack the Ripper, right? Ja- yeah, Jack the Ripper. Now I'm wondering, yeah, did I go first or did you? You. I think you did. Okay, you go first. I think? Oh, shit. I, th- I think you went first. Whatever. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, it's not like we have... I know, it's not like it really matters. <laughs> it really doesn't. Okay. It's going to affect the episode somehow. It's going to compromise the quality. It is not. All right, so I'm super excited. I know when you hear what I'm talking about, you're going to be stoked. And I'm so happy I got to the story before you did. So You're hilarious. My story is about the mysterious death of Alyssa Lamb at the Cecil Hotel. Who's that? I'm kidding. <laughs> I had to see the look on I your face. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I had to see the look on your face and I got exactly what I wanted. I was Thank you very much. slightly shocked. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going I know. For. <laughs> That's the first time you've caught me. Right? That's the first time you've caught me. Boom, bitch. Yeah. There's more where that comes I from. Do that, I do that to you all the time. All the fucking time. <laughs> she always falls for it. <laughs> always. Every single time. So yeah, congratulations. You're Thank first. You. Thank you. You're first. You. It's about bloody time. It's about bloody time. Yep. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, this is a super interesting story. I'm so excited that you're doing it. I know. I'm so excited. Because we have talked about it. Yes, we have. I'm glad you're covering yeah. it. Yeah. We talked about it, oh, when your sister was here that day as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> that we were supposed to record and we never did. We never did. Yeah. Okay. But yes, I am so excited. So my sources are allthatsinteresting.com, Wikipedia, and BuzzFeed. 
triggers are rape, suicide, and murder. Although the rape and suicide don't necessarily have to do with her. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it will come into play at the end of my story. Okay. The story about Alyssa is murder, death, mystery, death. How about that? That's the trigger for that. So Alyssa was the daughter of immigrant parents from Hong Kong. She was a student at the University of British Columbia, where they all lived. In 2010, she began a blog named Etherfields on Blogspot, and we used it to post a bunch of pictures, about, you know, with models and fashion clothing, stuff like that. And she used it as a platform to talk about her uh, personal life and her struggles with mental illness. Yeah. In January of 2012, she posted about a relapse at the beginning of the semester, and she was forced to drop a number of her classes. This made her feel so, and this is in quotes, quotes, so utterly directionless and lost, end quote. She titled her post, You're Always Haunted by the Idea You're Wasting Your Life. This is a quote by a novelist named Chuck Palahniuk. I am so sorry for butchering that name. It's spelled P-A-L-A-H-N-I-U-K, if anyone's interested to look it up. That's like that last name I showed you today. And you, look, you said it looks like a cat walked across the keyboard. I laughed so fucking hard at my desk. I was like, oh my God, it does. I never thought about that. As soon as I saw it, I pictured a cat walking across a keyboard. That's so fucking funny. That's right up there with saying that your lizard lived lived in what looked like a cheap golf course. Yeah, there you go. But it did. It was one of those so names. It's like... Yeah, right? Who came up with that? A cat. A, a cat, literally. A cat. Yeah, that is a, a name from a cat. Yeah. I figured you would, you would have laughed. Oh, man, I laughed so hard. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Yes, no, that's okay. She was concerned that her transcript wouldn't look good with so many cancelled classes and that it would impede her ability to continue her studies and attend graduate school. Two years after starting her blog, she posted that she wouldn't be posting on this specific blog site anymore and that she had started a new blog on Tumblr. And with that one, she posted fashion pictures, a bunch of quotes and just random personal posts. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression and was on several medications to help with her mental health. Her family kept her mental illness private. And I mean, a lot of families do, especially the more conservative, like Asian families and stuff. Yeah. You did not talk nope. about mental illness. So no, nope. because it's embarrassing for them. So it's a shame. But she she was open about it online. They say she was never suicidal and had never attempted suicide, but would go missing for short periods Alyssa was not great at remembering to take her bipolar medication, and as a consequence, she had hallucinations and would hide under her bed. Oh my. Yeah, she was hospitalized on a few occasions because of these hallucinations. She took a trip to California alone and used public transportation to get around. This was a getaway for her from her studies at the University of BC in Vancouver. Her family was not happy with the idea of her traveling alone, but she promised them that she would call them every day so that they knew she was safe. One of her stops was a visit to the San Diego Zoo, which I went to last year. I've been there too. Or, no, not last year. Whenever, like pre-COVID, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. And we went at night. The whole uh, zoo was blocked off for us. And we had oh, dinner. wow. It was a huge event. Yeah. That's incredible. And yeah, San Diego Zoo is massive. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, she took lots of pictures and posted them all to her social media accounts. 
On January 26th, she arrived in Los Angeles and two days later checked into the Cecil Hotel near downtown's Skid Row. She was in a shared room on the fifth floor, but was moved to another room a few days later after her roommates complained about her. And the hotel's lawyer would later describe her behavior as, quote, certain odd behavior, end quote. According to Amy Price, who was the hotel manager at the time, Alyssa was leaving notes for her roommates that said, quote, go away, end quote, and, quote, go home, <laughs> end quote. So directed to the fuck point. off. Yeah. Yeah, Get fuck off. Yeah, go away, much. go home. <laughs> That's so funny. She would also lock them out of the room. Wow. And would only let them back in if they guessed the password. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. A few days before she disappeared, she went to a live show uh, for Conan in Burbank. They escorted her out because of disruptive behavior. So she clearly wasn't taking her meds. Clearly, yeah. She kept her promise to her parents and called them every day until the day she disappeared on January 31st of 2013. She was supposed to check out of the hotel that day and go to Santa Cruz. Her parents didn't hear from her and panicked as she had called daily and her not calling meant something was very wrong. They called the LAPD to report not hearing from her and they flew out to LA to help search for her. Hotel staff did see Alyssa that day and she was alone. She visited a local bookstore called The Last Bookstore to buy gifts for her family and the owner said that, quote, she was very outgoing, very lively, very friendly, end quote. Alyssa was talking about the books she was getting and wondered if it was going to be too heavy to carry around as she continued her trip. Police searched the hotel, but without probable cause, they couldn't legally search every room. They did search her room and other parts of the hotel, like the rooftop, with dogs, but they weren't able to find her. A week after she was last seen, the LAPD decided they needed more help and put up flyers with her picture in the neighborhood and online. After another week, so week three, with no sign of Alyssa, the LAPD released a two and a half minute video of her last known sighting from the hotel elevator surveillance from January 31st. Which is creepy as fuck. It is. Yeah. It is so disturbing. It's very disturbing. So we will post a link uh, of the video for anyone that hasn't watched it and are interested. So when you watch it, you'll see that she's acting very oddly. She is seen making a bunch of weird movements around the elevator, hiding in the corner, making weird movements with her arms. Mm -hmm. She even leaves the elevator a few times without the doors closing, even though it looks like she had pressed every button. And she did. At one point in the video, you see her pressing all of the floors, all the buttons. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to do that in New York one day. Oh my god. Like those fuckers up like a Christmas tree. Yep. Yep. That's like from Elf. Yeah, right? <laughs> Everybody in the elevator is going to hate me. Oh yeah. I'd get off on the very next floor. Bye! <laughs> and then take another elevator. <laughs> yeah, in New York they might actually fucking hit you. <laughs> they might. They might punch you out. Just they be might. prepared. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be prepared. At least I'm short so I can duck. You, you can. You're going to be the one who's going to want to watch out that you don't get the swing Yeah. when yeah. I duck. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so yeah, watch the video. It is very, very odd. And she's clearly not 
herself in the video. Mm-hmm. It does look like she's talking yeah, to, to someone, someone yeah. at some point as well. So And looking for someone because she's so paranoid. She yeah. keeps looking out of the elevator. Yeah, and then when she stands outside the elevator, yeah, you can like only see. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a very bizarre video. But they released that uh, to the public. Mm-hmm. There have been so many theories to what was potentially going on with her in this video. Everything from Alyssa had consumed alcohol or took ecstasy or some other similar drugs, which they never found in her system, by the way, Yeah. to she was trying to get the elevator to move because she was running away from someone. Some people believe that the footage was tampered with and they slowed it down on certain parts and deleted about a minute of footage to potentially protect the identity of someone who may have been in the video. It's speculated that this other potential person may or may not have been involved in her disappearance. Her bipolar disorder was eventually released to the public and some think she was just having a psychotic break. And honestly, I think I think that's what was going on. Yeah. I I mean, it's hard to say, but like just watching that video, I think she was having a psychotic break. Just a lot of the details of the case don't make sense. They don't add up. Yeah. So she, I, I think she definitely had a psychotic break. But then what what else happened? Like with her history of not taking her, her bipolar meds, she re- regularly had hallucinations. And it definitely looks like she's experiencing that. What's your theory on this? It's so hard to say. I think something that I, I want to say I know for certain, but obviously not for certain, but something that I really feel strongly about mm-hmm. is that the hotel management are hiding something i don't think they're being completely honest okay with uh, their stories watching the documentary of it that amy chick the yeah. manager yeah she seemed like she was being very dishonest a few times <clears throat> oh okay i didn't i did not sense honesty from her really at all for hmm. a lot of things and it definitely seemed like she was not at certain points and multiple points she wasn't telling people what happened she was trying to convince people okay okay what happened and then followed up by just the expression on her face i don't think she's being truthful also just other things too that seemed very out of typical behavior for something that she had done was very out of typical behavior of what you would do upon finding a body and uh, I don't necessarily think that any of the managers are, like, responsible for her death necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think they're definitely hiding stuff. I don't think that they're being completely honest and disclosing everything that needs to be disclosed. I think they're covering their tracks to a certain degree. Yeah. So that's my theory. All right. But she was definitely a very mentally ill woman. Oh, yeah. yeah. She definitely was. Very. And, yeah, like, it was very adamant <laughs> that I agree that she was having a psychotic break. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, while the search continued for Alyssa, the hotel guests started complaining about low water pressure, and some guests even said that the water in their rooms was starting to turn black and had a weird taste. I know. So fucking gross. Oh. Yeah. I mean, one, why why would you drink water that's going black? I know. And why would you keep drinking it if it smelled weird? Like, not to victim blame, but fucking come on, people. A few of the hotel guests, one of them... Uh, her and her husband had checked in and she was like, well, we just assumed that was normal for the hotel. <laughs> so we kept drinking it. Oh, how? And then, uh, and then other guests were like mortified. And one guy was like, my wife and I were so sick when we found out we had been drinking, brushing our teeth with water yeah. with this body decomposing in it. Oh, that was a spoiler alert. On February 19th, a hotel maintenance worker named Santiago Lopez found Alyssa's body in one of the four 
thousand gallon tanks that they had on the roof of the hotel. These tanks provided water to the guest rooms, kitchen and coffee shop. He found her body face down in the water through an open hatch. They had to drain the tank and cut it open to remove her body because the hole was not very big. Like the hatch no, wasn't really big wasn't. at all. No. And they couldn't get the equipment in there. So they had to cut it open to get her body out. Yeah. On February 21st, the LA coroner's office issued and reported this case as an accidental drowning and said that her bipolar disorder had a lot to do with the case. They released the full coroner's report in June of 2013, and they stated that they found her naked body with her clothes that she was wearing that day on the elevator Mm -hmm. floating in the water beside her. Yeah, that's right. So she, she was completely naked, yeah. but the clothes she had on, it was in the tank with her. Yeah. Her clothes apparently were also covered in something very similar to sand, but they couldn't figure out what it was. And they found her watch and room key with her body. Santiago described in detail how much effort it took to find her body. He had to take the elevator to the 15th floor and then take a staircase that led to the roof He then needed to turn off the rooftop alarm and climb up onto the platform where the tanks stood. Finally, he had to climb a ladder to get to the top of the main tank. And that's when he noticed that two of the lids were open. And he testified that it would have been difficult for Alyssa to get to the top of the water tank by herself. And I... And that's the other, that, that's where I'm like, oh, yeah, she was having a, a break. But how the fuck did she get up there? Mm-hmm. Not set off the alarm. Mm-hmm. A- and how did she move those lids? Like, they were apparently fucking heavy as shit. People have secrets. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. I do. So her body was fairly decomposed and bloated with a greenish tinge. They didn't find any evidence of physical trauma, sexual assault, or suicide. The toxicology tests showed traces of her prescription meds, Sinutab and ibuprofen. They also said that her system showed that she was under-medicated and that she was either missing days or had recently stopped taking her meds altogether. The investigation reported her death as drowning, but didn't explain how she got in the tank. No one could. You needed a key and a passcode to get onto the roof. And again, only hotel staff had access to that. They they were the only ones that had access to that. Oh, I know. I know. People have secrets. But they also say that they did have a fire escape and this provided easy access to the roof without yeah, being detected. That crazy ass fucking ladder. Yeah. That ladder's nuts. Yeah. So they did have their scent dogs follow her scent right up to that window that led to the fire escape. And then that was it. They couldn't smell her after that. So that's another thing. Did she climb up there? Like, was she tripping balls? You know what I mean? Like having a manic episode and strength. People get strong, man. Oh, yeah. Like fucking strong. And went in. Who knows? Maybe she was thinking she was running away from aliens or who knows? Well, yeah. If you're having a psychotic break, it could be anything. Yeah. So if she could get to the top through the fire escape, I mean, it's possible. But then... Would she strip down naked and jump in and drown? Or, I don't know. It's just like, there's so much just weird. Yeah. Like, just weird. So many weird things. And, and you know, again, like, logical situations that you have to think of. Like, mm-hmm. is she even strong enough to open that lid? No, but that's what I mean. Yeah, but, totally. And it's like, no, then how the fuck did she get in there? Yeah. But then if she's having 
amount of episodes. Oh, that's true. Like you said, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Super, yeah, that's so right. all she of a sudden, super strength, right? you have super strength. Yeah, so totally. possibly that happened. Like who? Sure. Like who knows? Right. So somebody knows. Somebody knows. And they're not saying shit. Nope. There were lots of questions about how she got onto the roof, um, but I think the fire escape covers like could be how mm-hmm. she got there. Uh, there were also a lot of questions about how she got into the tank, like we were just saying, because yeah. the, the lids are extremely heavy. And uh, when you see the pictures, you can't access it. You need a ladder to get in. Yeah. The police dogs didn't find her scent when they initially investigated the roof right after she disappeared. And that's weird, too. Yeah. That's fucking weird. It is. If the dogs don't have a scent. Yeah, exactly. That's so bizarre, right? That's bizarre. Yeah. Especially for like search dogs because their scent, as you know, is oh, I know. fucking real. Yeah. There's no way. They they lost her scent at the window and then that's it. And they went up to the roof and the dogs didn't smell her at all. Right. It was just like with the missing 411 with that hunter. Yeah. Yeah. The dogs exactly. were led right to his tree stand. That was it. Huh. He just got a fucking ride out by aliens, I swear to God. <laughs> Anyways, that's another story. Another story for another day. With the theory that Alyssa had taken illicit drugs, they didn't find anything in the toxicology screen, but they are saying that they might have broken down in her system while it was decomposing in the tank. So she may have, but mm-hmm. it, it's hard to say. And yeah. But the dogs still don't have a scent. No, no, no. But yeah. They also say that she may have taken a bunch of meds together that wouldn't normally come up on a talk screen. So she may have just like had her, all these weird medications and just kind of popped them all. But again, they say that she was under medicated, but it could be because the way she was decomposing. So it, it wasn't coming up. I don't know. It's just a lot of a lot of question marks right. in this case. Mm hmm. So the very low level of her prescription drugs in her system and how many pills were left in her prescription bottles, they're saying that she wasn't medicated and it was a psychotic break. There were many questions about the autopsy report as it was incomplete. There is no mention of a rape kit or fingernail kit, uh, so they don't know if that was even done. The report also mentioned pooling of blood in the anal area, and some say this is a sign of sexual assault, but one pathologist said the blood may have pooled in that area due to the bloating and decomposition. Her rectum was also prolapsed. Sorry, I know a lot of information. Lots of information, guys. Yikes. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. The coroner's pathologists had mixed feelings about their conclusion that it was an accidental drowning. So even they weren't 100% sure that that's what it was since her death her tumblr was updated they think through tumblr's option that allows posts to be automatically published when the user is away they never found her phone by the way Mm -hmm. so it may be that whomever has her phone someone took her phone stole it and was posting updates but how fucking weird is that but they can't be sure whoever it was wanted people to believe she was alive yeah so a little backstory on the hotel itself so that that's Alyssa's story. They never found out what happened to her, unfortunately, poor mm-hmm. thing. But I do want to just cover a little bit of, of the hotel. So since the opening of the Cecil Hotel in 1924, there has been a lot of deaths associated with this hotel. Oh, man, that hotel is like fucking haunted. I'm actually going to list almost all of them because it's fucking it's fucked. It's whack. I would love to go there one day with you. We'll go. We won't stay there. Fuck no. But we'll go visit it. No, I'm, that's I'm where down. serial killers and shit let yeah. their hair down. They've renamed it, though. It's not 
the Cecil Hotel anymore. They, oh, well, the new Raven. Oh, I can't remember. Something on Main. Because oh. it's gone through a number of different owners. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, like a number of different owners. Oh, yeah. So now it's it's a it's a completely different name. But I still would like to go. That's too bad it's not Hotel Cecil anymore. Yeah, Cecil Hotel. Yeah. Or Cecil Hotel. Yeah. So some of these deaths were described as non-natural deaths and unexplained paranormal events, suicides, etc. Mm-hmm. The manager that we were talking about earlier said that there were about 80 deaths in the hotel while she worked there. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of fucking deaths <laughs> yeah. to deal with. So her and that and so I was gonna say this when you were talking about her in the documentary, but I wanted to wait for this. Maybe she was so stone cold faced. There was death all over the place, so it was very kind of like me. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, so witness or not witnessing, but having to, you know, she also said that the police were called to the hotel like three plus times a day. Yeah. Like nine one one was called all the time. Oh right, they're probably on speed dial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she she may have just become very cold towards yeah. self-preservation. Yeah. And I totally get that. But yeah, she was just, she was trying to convince people of the truth. You yeah. You can tell. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, totally. and I will rewatch it. But yeah, I think when I read that, I was like, holy shit. For your tenure there, and I don't know how long it was that she worked there. She she was there for 80 of those deaths. Like that's She was there for quite a nuts. while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first documented suicide happened in January of 1927. Percy Ormond Cook was 52 and shot himself in the head after his wife wouldn't take him back. He was apparently some bigwig real estate guy. But, yep. Um, So I am going to list a bunch of deaths now. Uh, I'm not going to... I wanted to go into their stories, but then this would have been like a 20-page thing. So I'm just going to list their names and dates and stuff. So... After that, 62-year-old William McKay died in his room. And really, I think it was natural causes, but they they really didn't specify at all. Yeah. November of 1931, 46-year-old W.K. Norton took poison capsules and died in his room. In September of 1932, 25-year-old Benjamin Dodach shot himself in the head a few hours after checking in. July 1934, 53-year-old Louis Bourdain slit his own throat. Whoa. Yeah. March 1937, 25-year-old Grace Margot jumped out of the ninth floor window. January 1938, 35-year-old Roy Thompson jumped to his death from the 14th floor. I can't, I can't. May 1939, 39-year-old Erwin Neblet swallowed poison and died in his room. January 11th of 1945. 45-year-old Dorothy Seeger, Seeger, I think, I don't know, took poison and died in her room. September of 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Purcell gave birth in her hotel room washroom while her boyfriend was asleep and then threw the baby boy out the window. (gasps) They found his little body on the rooftop of an adjacent building. Oh my god, I could have gone my whole life without knowing that. I know, I'm sorry. I, de- I debated not putting that, that in was there. Hor- that's horrifying. I debated not putting it in there, but you know... Oh my god. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. Jesus Christ. Okay. S- sorry, dude. It's okay, go on. November 1947, Robert Smith fell from a seventh floor room. They're saying he fell out, so not jumped. 1947, Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia, was seen drinking at the hotel bar for days before her gruesome death. So she didn't die at the hotel, but she was a guest there and frequented the bar. Uh, October 1954, 
54-year-old Helen Gurney jumped out of the seventh floor window. February 1962, 50-year-old Julia Moore jumped out of the eight, her eighth floor window, hotel room. October 1962, 27-year-old Pauline Oton jumped out of a ninth floor window, killing herself and 65-year-old George Diani, who happened to be walking on the sidewalk below her. Oh, that's such bullshit. So this poor guy was just out for a yeah. stroll and he probably didn't even feel it. Just no, probably boom, not. Right? Just, yeah. So that, that one was sad as well. I mean, they're all sad, but... but yeah, when you're not even like associate, it's just a fucking freak accident. Yeah, so she obviously died and then killed someone that just happened to be walking That's by. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. April 12th, so on my birthday of 1963, 65-year-old Delbert Lawrence jumped from the 13th floor. 1964, Goldie Osgood was found dead in her room. She had been stabbed, strangled, and raped. They arrested her murderer, apparently, shortly after. They found him walking around in blood-stained clothing. Ah, what a dumbass. Yep. December 1975, a 20- to 30-year-old woman uh, had checked in under an alias, jumped from the 12th floor. Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, lived on the top floor of the hotel in 1985 while he was on his murdering spree. Yep, (laughs) he did. They would say that he would come into the hotel half-naked because he would pull off like his bloody clothes yep. outside but people weren't phased by it because of the area i suppose it was just, in yeah so you just like some guy half out. naked yeah just walking around half naked yep in 1991 an austrian serial killer named jack unterweger aka vienna strangler lived at the hotel and apparently they say that he murdered at the hotel but i couldn't really find anything else about that September 1992, an an unidentified man between the ages of 20 and 30 either fell, jumped, or was pushed off the 15th floor. Yikes. So I'm guessing the way he fell, maybe they were... Yeah. Yeah. But they they don't know if it was suicide or murder. October 6th of 2001, a woman died in her room from an overdose. October 2001, an unidentified woman was found murdered in her room. July 2003, a man was found dead in his room. They never released his name and said that he was the possible victim of a strangulation. And then lastly but not least, June of 2015, a 28-year-old man plunged to his death, but they didn't say from what floor. Crazy. So, and and this was just some of them. Like, I I couldn't list. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be all of them. No. No. Like, I couldn't, like, obviously list all of it because, like I said, it'd be here forever. But, yeah, yeah, I just kind of picked some of of the people to to name or talk about. But, yeah, that's the crazy story of Alyssa Lamb and the crazy story of the Cecil Hotel. Bananas. Bananas. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. You did a great job. Thank you. You're welcome. And yeah, I'm really sorry for that one. I, I honestly debated not putting it in, but I, I don't know. I just <sighs> I needed to. I get it, but fuck. Yeah. Well, you're going to hear a lot of gross shit or not. Yeah. I, we're going to hear a lot of stuff. You're going to hear a lot of stuff. Well, us too, actually, because we tell each other's the story, uh, the stories, each other, the stories. Yeah. Some of it's not going to be nice. No, of course not. But that is just like, oh my God. They did say about her, they say that she didn't know she was pregnant and that she thought the baby was dead when she delivered him. 
but then she was uh, arrested and all that. But I think she's in a, a, well, I don't know if she's still there, but she's in a mental institution. They said she's not well. Oh, no, definitely. To throw your, even a dead baby out of winter, you're in yeah. fucking psychosis. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, even if it is dead, like, what the hell? Yeah, why the fuck would you do that? Like, any any other mother who's not in psychosis would be clutching that baby. Yeah. And not letting anyone touch it. No. Like, it would take hours to separate a mother from her dead child. Yeah, exactly. So to just throw it out the window, she was definitely in a state of psychosis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And but, her boyfriend was asleep the whole time. Yeah. Fuck, that's just chilling. I know. That mental image. I know. <sighs> yeah, this, this hotel seemed to attract a lot of uh, crazy people. Yeah, attracted the crazies. And it's like people went there on purpose to die. Probably. That's the reputation the hotel had. Probably. Yeah. So I couldn't believe how many people jumped to their death. I was actually shocked at how yeah, many people jumped to their death. And lots of uh, suicides by, like, shooting. Mm-hmm. Like, shotgun or gun or whatever. So, anyway. So, yeah. I can't even imagine working at that place. Oh, God, no. Having to clean that shit up. Ugh. What a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It is so stressful. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I don't care how cheap it is. It could be free. I'm not staying in there. No, me neither. <laughs> I definitely want to go with you, but yeah, we're not. Yeah, staying. no, we we can go visit it just because it's you know a landmark. Yeah, your story now. All right, here we go. My sources are AsiaOne.com, Times of India, CBC News, and BBC.com, and I named my story "Justified Outrage." Trigger warnings for in intense misogyny and sexism, rape, gang rape, disembowelment, and murder. Ooh. <laughs> Listener's discretion is advised. I'm starting this out with a quote. Quote, you can't clap with one hand. It takes two hands to clap. A decent girl will not roam around at nine o'clock at night. A girl is far more responsible for rape than a boy. End quote. So the piece of shit who said that, his name was Mukesh Singh. In the early evening of December 16th, 2012, in the neighborhood of Manurka, located in southwest Delhi, Yoti Singh, who was a 22-year-old physiotherapist intern, went out to see a matinee, the movie Life of Pi, with her male friend. And I specify that it was her male friend because at the time in 2012, and I'm, I'm sure many decades yeah. before 2012, it was unheard of for a woman to be roaming the streets of India at night, let alone with a man who was a friend. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, and now I wish that I had uh, paid more attention to one of the uh, videos that I'd watched, because I don't know if it's Jyoti or if it's Yoti, like if the J is silent. If I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. Yoti and her friend caught a bus from Manurka at approximately 9.30 p.m., and there was a total of six other men on the bus. That included the bus driver. The criminals and driver began taunting and harassing the friends and questioning why they were out so late. When the driver didn't stop for Yoti and her friend to get off, her friend ended up in an altercation with the men. So Diana just brought it to my attention that I was saying it wrong. It's Jyoti, so I'm going to start saying it like that now. These attackers beat her friend unconscious, the male friend, uh, with a metal rod and gagged him. These monsters then dragged Jyoti Jyoti, Jyoti, to the back of the bus and began beating and gang raping her. These pieces of shit stopped at nothing to degrade her and humiliate her as a human and as a woman. 
They began raping her with a metal rod and the damage they were inflicting on her caused her to be disemboweled. Gioti, <sighs> being the incredibly strong woman she was, tried to fight off her attackers. She bit three of them pretty badly and she fought one hell of a good fight, man. These pieces of shit dumped her and her unconscious friend off the bus while it was still moving. Gioti and her friend were found on the side of the road by a civilian around 11 p.m. Both of them were rushed to... Bear with me. Sub... This is too intimidating. First, three three letters in and I'm intimidated. <laughs> Safjarjung Hospital and Gioti was placed on a ventilator and given critical treatment. She was found with multiple injuries, including bite marks on several areas of her body. She was beaten to a pulp. So, like, her face, just everything. She was fucking beaten, man. Her uterus was badly damaged as well as her abdomen and her intestines were outside of her vagina. One of the pieces of shit admitted seeing one of the other attackers pulling a rope-like object out of her vagina. These sick, twisted, and evil fucks were literally ripping her intestines out of her. Yeah. Like, actively pulling it out. Yeah. Police seized the bus the next day, as well as two metal rods that were soaked in blood. The attackers tried cleaning the bus before the police could get their hands on it, but they were stupid little small-dicked bitch boys and did a shit job. Jyoti's body was airlifted to Singapore on a Thursday, and nearly two weeks after her attack, she died in the hospital in Singapore at 4.45 a.m. <sighs> Chief Executive of Singapore's Mount Elizabeth Hospital said in a statement that Gioti suffered from severe organ failure and multiple serious injuries to her brain and body. Kelvin also said, that was his name, I realize now that I didn't mention it at first. Okay. <laughs> Kelvin also said, quote, she was courageous in fighting for her life for so long against the odds, but the trauma to her body was too severe for her to overcome, end quote. This heinous and disgusting act of evil sparked a massive protest in India, demanding change and reform. Women from all over India began filling the streets, taking up space with their truth, showing justifiable rage and outrage. They band together, pushed back against authorities, and most importantly, they pushed back against men and their misogynistic and violent crusade on Indian women. These women, and some men, did not back down. Finally, women in India were being heard. As a result of the protests in December of 2012, a committee was formed and submitted a report that proved how the failures of both the government and police were the root cause of the violence and crimes on women in India. In 2013, several new and long overdue laws were passed and six new courts were created to take on rape cases. However, it is undeniable that there needs to be far better sexual education put in place not to mention mental health awareness and far better education, specifically in rural areas where rape is an, as at an all-time high. And I don't know if you know, but New mm -hmm. Delhi is the rape capital of India and has been for a long time. I think it's like every 16 minutes a woman is raped there. Jesus. Yeah. It's fucked. Ugh. Fucked. You need to watch the documentary India's Daughter. It used to be on Netflix. It's about this. Yeah, I'm wondering if... It sounds familiar. It. I don't know why it was removed, and that goes for our listeners, too. Find India's Daughter and watch it, but I warn you guys, you're going to be fucking enraged. I was so mad when I was watching it. Yeah. Because it interviews all of the men, and all of them are like, it's her fault. They're like, it's completely her fault. The lawyer who defended them, same thing. It's her fault. There are actual lawyers in India who 
study and educate themselves well not educating but they study in protecting rapists because they believe that it's justified it is enraging to watch but it's it's worth watching it okay and there's something that's still on netflix and it's called delhi crimes that's what i brought up yeah yeah and it's a it's you know like it's it's act it's not like a documentary like india's daughter type mm-hmm. thing it's an actual show type thing right so oh. it's, it's it's fiction okay okay but it's based on what happened and it's really cool because it's led by a total fucking raw ass bitch hmm. female cop who leads the crime or like the, not the crime the investigation oh, that's okay. what i meant like the crime scene yeah she leads the investigation and in finding who did this and she is so badass i haven't finished it but it's really good okay yeah i haven't watched it in years actually i started watching it years ago and then just stopped but i want to pick it up again as for the complete porta potties <laughs> and notice how i haven't referred to these sacks of shit by their first names fuck them right they don't deserve to be referred to by their human names because they're not human no nope. All of them were charged with sexual assault and murder. On March 11th, 2013, one of the attackers, Ram Singh, died while in police custody. His death was suspected to be a suicide. The other four went on trial and prosecution finished. Oh, sorry. There was another underage one who was sentenced to to the maximum of three years in jail. I think his name was Mohammed, but I forgot to write about him in this this paragraph. Three years. Yeah, right. (sighs) maximum maximum penalty for someone who gang raped and beat a woman to death or not well i mean they didn't beat her to death but she succumbed to the injuries yeah the shit they did to her is vile fucking disgusting so the other four went on trial and prosecution finished with their presentation of evidence on july 8th 2013 on september 10th 2013 akshay takur Mukesh Singh, Vinay Sharma, and Pawan Gupta were found guilty of rape and murder and three days later were sentenced to death by hanging. The four men were hung on March 20th, 2020. I can't believe they were on death row for that fucking long. Yeah. But people sit on death row for a long time, but still, that's a long that's fucking a long time. fucking time. Seven years on death row. Yeah. Right? And they were, so yeah, the four men were hung on March 20th, 2020, and they were never missed again. Good. Hopefully someone pissed on all of them on their way out the door. <laughs> Hopefully they were just cut down and drug into the back of a truck and then dumped into a ditch like they did to their victims. Then I hope all those macaques that roam India stumbled across their bodies and pissed all over them again and took giant shits all over their faces. <laughs> How about in their mouths? That too, yes. I forgot about that. Definitely. Macaques shit in their mouths. Fuck, man. And then just like start eating their bodies. Like piss on them again like they're just fucking vile monsters so that is my story about Jyoti Singh Mm -hmm. thanks for listening guys Uh, this is my story about the incredibly brave intelligent fierce and beautiful Jyoti Singh who was robbed of a bright and amazing future and she will always be remembered as India's daughter poor thing it's a pretty, pretty rough story did her friend survive? I don't know I kept trying to find information and I actually thank you for bringing him up mm-hmm. because I did want to, you know, like give him part of the spotlight that he deserves as well. I don't even know what his name is. Oh. I couldn't find it. Hmm. And I don't know if he survived. I think he I think he did. And whoever you are, if you ever hear this, I'm so fucking sorry for what happened to you and your friend. And something that really stands out about Zyoti and her parents as well. They were such, um, or they are such amazing people. They were so fucking crippled by their daughter's death. And specifically, 
to shine a bit of light of a bit of light on her dad. Her dad was not a typical man in India who, and I, I'm not saying all of them, I'm not saying all of them, but who, the, the ones who don't give a flying fuck about their daughters, mm -hmm. their daughters are nothing but bargaining chips yep. and cattle to trade around for this and that. They don't get any inheritance. They get nothing. He was not like that. He's, he is not like that. He sold all of his farmland to educate her. Wow. And other adults in India, specifically men, were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? She's just a woman. Yeah. Why are you educating her? And they were just horrified by his decision. Wow. But he loved his daughter. He, he loves his daughter. Yeah. And his wife, I can't remember his, her parents' names, but they just seem like the sweetest fucking people in the world. And it's, oh, the documentary, India's Daughter, the, it really shines a light on how toxic the masculinity is, mm -hmm. especially in the really poor rural areas. Yeah. Because these little boys grow up watching their fathers beat their mothers and rape their mothers mm -hmm. and rape other women and beat other women and beat their sisters. And then all these little boys grow up with all this pent up rage. Yeah. And it's just a generational cycle of toxic fucking men. It's all they know. It's all they know. And again, like I said, there needs to be, I mean, sure, yeah, the government passes, you know, more courts, that's great and everything, but that's not getting to the root of the problem. No. The root of the problem is better sexual education, yep. mental health education, and weed out the fucking generational trauma. You know, like, just, uh, like, it has to stop somewhere. Like, we talk about, and you and I both know, even outside of talking about it, that you have to break the cycle. Yeah. And that was actually the original title of my story was Break the Cycle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then I decided to name it Justified Outrage because I just thought that was, I don't know, maybe more fitting. It was all fitting, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's, oh, man. It, like, one part that really stands out to me about that documentary that I just found so fucking sad was this one woman, dirt poor, dirt fucking poor. Mm -hmm. She was talking about how she would be nothing without her husband. Nothing. Oh. And, oh, it gets worse, better. And then if anything happened to her husband, she would have no choice but to kill her kids and herself. Wow. And that is the fucking mentality that women have there. Yeah. Not everybody, obviously. No, of course, yeah. But a lot of them still, like an overwhelming... And you think about it, there's like, what, over a billion people in India? Yeah. There is an over-fucking-whelming amount of women who still believe that... They not only can't serve, can't survive, yeah. and I'm doing the bunny ears for our listeners with my fingers, can't survive without their husbands, but that they have to resort to killing their own children and themselves. Jesus. Well, have you heard of the Gulabi Gang? I don't know, but elaborate. Uh, the Gulabi Gang is an extraordinary women's movement formed in 2006. Oh, yeah. They're fucking badass. Talk about raw ass bitches. They go around. Yeah. And... Any woman that gets beat by their husband, whatever, they go and they fucking beat. I know. Yeah, they are fucking badass <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder if you had heard about them because, yeah, when you were talking about it, I'm like, I have to bring this, this group Thank up. Thank you for, <laughs> yes, I didn't think about it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing them up. I didn't recognize the name, but then once you said the women, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. I remember yeah. the picture, all of them with their bats and shit. Yep. I'm like, you fucking go, girls. You beat their asses, cut their dicks off and shove them down their throats. Yeah, so, like, it's just great because they have, like, bamboo sticks Yeah, that's what they and bamboo whatever. sticks and stuff, yeah. And they say, we are not a gang in the usual sense of the term. We are a gang for justice. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, so when I, I remember reading about this years ago and I was just like, yep, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it is so amazing. Fuck yeah. I love to see, obviously women be empowered everywhere, but especially in these countries, these third world countries. Yeah. Where they have no fucking voice. No, they don't. Well, they do, but it's so suppressed by 27,500 years of toxic masculinity. I know. Well, in the region where, like, like a lot, like you said, a lot of the regions are, there's a lot of poverty. A lot of poverty, yeah. And especially in those areas, the women are illiterate. They don't get educated. There's a buttload of domestic violence. Lots of child labor, child marriages. I can't believe that's happening still. You I know, know what I mean? in 2022. Right? Like, I need to finish on with my sentence story because I realized I was like, I love it when, and then I talked about how the women have no voice. Oh. <laughs> and then I didn't finish. I'm like, oh my God, people are going to think that's what I meant. And that is not what I meant. <laughs> I didn't finish my thought. Okay. So yeah, I love to see that like the women who live in those countries mm -hmm. and are able to find their voice and everything. And then they do. And you see videos and pictures and stuff of them getting self-defense training. Yeah and all of that and coming out on top I, I love it so do i i fucking love it it hits differently than it does with women in north america because we have yeah. so much more freedom and more rights you know like it's nothing and i'm not trying to invalidate or diminish what women go through in north america mm -hmm. but i mean you know what i mean no of course i know we, what you mean like we, we don't have to walk around at nine o'clock at night and be worried that we're going to be beaten and gang raped and fucking disemboweled on a bus. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that nearly as much I, as yeah. women in India have to worry about. And that's what I mean. It's it's just, yeah, it's very horrible it's what's going on there. But I, yeah, the, there needs to be more gangs like these women. Fuck yeah. And I love that they wear hot pink. I know, it's awesome. They All of them are in all, hot pink. Yeah, all of them are in hot pink. But yeah, there needs to be more yeah. movements like that. For sure. Yep. Yeah. The pictures of the protests after Jyoti died, mm -hmm. the pictures were so powerful. Yeah. Just, oh, if you haven't watched India's Daughter, you've got to watch it. I have not. It. Okay, I but will watch it. It is bananas hard to watch. I have not heard about this. Like, I thought at no? the beginning I may have, but it doesn't, like, no, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Oh, man. Ugh, when you... <sighs> I remember hearing about it in 2012 after it happened, and I was just like, what the fuck yeah maybe i maybe i did know and i blocked it in my memory maybe because the shit they did to her oh my god like it's horrifying oh i almost threw up when you started i know saying some of that shit and i was like oh that poor thing i know absolutely horrifying <sighs> and then to see those pieces of shit their pe those pieces of shit's faces yeah in the documentary and how they're just like it's her fault it's just oh my god yeah oh. it's a load of shit well i'm happy they all got hung right well four out of six well one yeah the died. one the well the yeah the one was a fucking coward and took his own life yeah and then the other one only served what three years you three said? years yeah what a load of shit yep <laughs> yeah so that was uh, like i said this story for me was going to be a little bit unorthodox as well yeah i mean there's still murder and stuff but it's not like i'm talking about a serial killer no, so it's but a, it's still a bit. murder. Yeah, it's still murder and stuff. So, yeah, and I've wanted to tell this story. And then my next story is going to be quite unorthodox as well. Okay. But it's really good. You'd never okay. guess in a million years what I'm going to write about. All right. You won't, you'd never guess. Okay. We shall see. <laughs> it's going to be good. Okay. Do you know what you're writing about next week? Uh, I have a few things that uh, I just have to decide which one I want to write about. 
Fair enough. Yeah, but I've yeah. got a few going. You have a long-ass list. I know. <laughs> Diana's list of what she wants to write about is a fucking mile. I come up with my stuff, like, week to week. So Actually, this time I've come up with something three weeks in advance, which okay. is rare for me. Yeah. So she has a fucking novel of what she's going to write about. Yeah, she didn't see the names of the thing, like, no. the people, but I just showed her the folder. And she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things that I want to write about. Clearly. And, uh, yeah, I'll get through them slowly. Bit by bit. Yeah, every week. Right. <laughs> Another one gets checked off the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure that list will continue growing. I've oh, added sure. stuff since, like I hear about, ooh, and I, I throw it in mm -hmm. that folder. But, yeah, it's going to be the never-ending story folder. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I kind of do the same thing, but not to the extent that you do. Yeah. But like if I come across on social media, something about a story, whether it's like super creepy, like even if it's not a serial killer, but again, it's something yeah. unorthodox yeah. and it's super creepy or whatever, I'll take a screenshot of it. Mm -hmm. Or if it's serial killers then yeah, I'll take a screenshot of it. Like I had never heard of, um, Otis tool and, um, Lucas, what's his face? I can't remember, but, but like, see, I'd heard about that story multiple times through the murder podcasts I listened to. My Favorite Murder covers it. Yeah. I had recognized one of the Lucas guy. I can't remember his last name, but I recognized seeing his face in pictures, mm. but I didn't know the story behind it. Yeah. And then I came across it one day on this uh, murder page that I follow on Facebook. So I took a screenshot of it mm -hmm. and then I covered the story. Yeah. So I'll do that too, but not to the extent that you do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's, yeah. it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's great that you have so much backup. And I do. Well, yeah. Yeah. So For the next 10 years. Seriously. <laughs> and I, I have a few that I've started, but then I stopped because I'm yeah. like, yeah, not this week. So, yeah. you know, so I've got a few that I've started. I just haven't finished because I don't know. I have to be feeling the story. Like I was going to cover the this story before, but I just, I don't know, I, something that I did that week was what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I kind of put this one on hold, but then, yeah, it felt like the right week to do it. And I love the story. I mean, I'm sad for her and her family and everyone else that died at the fucking hotel, but it's just such a fascinating, bizarre story. Yep. They should call it the murder hotel. They should. Or the death hotel, maybe, because they're not all murders, but... Yeah, yeah, hotel death. Hotel death. There you go. It sounds better than death hotel. Either way. <laughs> Either way. No, hotel death. Yeah, that's what they, I mean, need to call it. Well, <laughs> that might be bad for business. but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not for, you know, like people like us. We'd yeah. be like, hey. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Right? They'd have they'd have a following for sure. <laughs> oh, they would have a following. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I think we should call it quits. It's like two minutes to midnight. Yeah. I'm going to go home and go to bed. You have to go home. I'm exhausted. I had a yeah. really long day today. So social media, guys, social media, yeah. we are on Instagram and Facebook. Those are our preferred social media. <laughs> we have Twitter, but it sucks. So, I mean, I don't think we've updated it for no. a while. No, like I said, I wrote the bio on it. And, yeah. everything. and then that was it. That was it. <laughs> and uh, our email, if you want to email us, it's myriderdiepodcast at gmail.com. And then the social media is myriderdiepodcast, except for Twitter. Because it has to be different. It's my ride or die pod. So stupid. Still dealing with that bullshit in 2022. <laughs> hey, Twitter. But yeah, feel free to write us some stories. If we've read something that 
might be slightly inaccurate. Again, we're going by what we read online, all our research. It's not something that we put together, you know, in 20 minutes. We actually researched this ship, but I mean, we can only do so much. So if yeah. we're missing something in a story that you think would be important to bring up in another episode, please write into us. Yeah, definitely. And or if you have suggestions. I'm always looking for... I've had a few people suggest stuff to me. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I've had a few people send me suggestions, so that's kind of cool. Like, suggest stories to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's happened. Oh, actually, yes. Today, one of my coworkers today suggested... Yeah. Okay. For me to write about something. Yeah, I've had about five or six uh, suggestions already. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, send send us that. And you can also send us complaints by email. But what do we do with those, Chantal? <laughs> they, go in, they go in a file. They go in a file. And we're going to just name the file Fuck You. Yeah. The Fuck You file. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Feel free to send us those too. <laughs> yep. That's right. <laughs> okay. Good night, guys. Peace out, bitches. And I we will was... talk to you next week. What? <laughs> I was just going to say, bye, bitches. Oh, well. <laughs> but you beat me to it. You always say, peace out, bitches. I do. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Okay. Well, you can say, cool. Bye, no, no, it's fine. I already said it. You did. All right. <laughs> good night. Bye. Bye.